Welcome to the Void Podcast. This podcast is produced by Void Podcast LLC and presented by Sean McKnight and Jenny Miller. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website, www.void-podcast.com. On our website, check out our Patreon account, where you can find bonus episodes, Void merchandise, and other content like cast interviews and more. Please be sure to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. We hope you enjoy this episode of Void. During the last episode of Void, the crew experienced some conflict over a difficult decision that had to be made. As a result, Nova and Jonas reached an impasse that started driving a wedge between them. An electrical problem has surfaced that is causing navigational issues, and the relationship between Ursula and Jonas continues to deepen. Astrid, compose letter two for the Nash epistle. Composing letter two in three, two, one. Hi, Phineas. Wanted to let you know how things are going. I'm okay. I'm feeling better. It was rough there for a while. We had this mission and... How do I describe it? They were making human beings and selling them for terrible, unethical reasons. And we blew the place up, and there were innocent people, and I... uh, Well, it wasn't up to me, but I was part of the group responsible for... for making that decision. You know me. I... I hate violence. I never understood why you were so into the blood sport tournaments, and I just... I just... I just didn't think I'd be part of something where innocent people were going to get murdered. So I guess I'm really not okay. I I feel like an immature child. Spoiled and out of my element. No clue what I'm doing. I've heard missions in space can be difficult, but I wasn't expecting this. And we've only had one mission so far. Just hope there's no more decisions like like that anytime soon. I have to be realistic. I'm learning. I have to go with the flow. And it seems there's no other choice. On the upside, I did get together with Jonas. I know you don't want to hear about it, but since you're not, since you're not actually there. Doesn't seem to really matter, right? Jonas and I kind of, uh, well, we spent the night together and it was pretty great. I haven't felt like this in a while. He's really very sweet. I shouldn't get attached, but it's nice to feel to feel close to someone again. Anyway, I think about you a lot. And I miss you. Good morning. Good morning? Is it morning? Uh, (laughs) sure is. 
Oh, hey, I noticed your hair's going back in nicely. Thanks. It looks pretty. You know that shade of green goes with your eyes. Well, I wasn't sure about the color, but it's growing on me. Literally. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you're up early. <laughs> Not up. I never went to sleep. Oh, you're following the Rex plan of overloading on energy drinks. You got it. I'm just grabbing a bite. How about you? I sleep maybe four hours every two days or something like that. I like to pace myself, you know. If you stay up for too many days at a time, you crash hard. I feel wide awake. I'm pretty excited about being here. I can tell. Just know your limits, you know. I found my peak when I was up for about six days, but then I crashed and I was out for about 33 hours. Good to know. It's hard to get used to this whole time thing in space. I'm used to being on a planet where we had all night and the day, and it seems like all night all the time here now. Right, well, uh, I grew up on a station, so I'm used to it. I can only imagine how this is messing with your head. You know, it helps if you have a routine, exercise, other activities. For example, our upcoming poker night. Um, poker night? Oh, she didn't tell you. Oh, it's a Ching-Chi tradition. Regine is a big fan of cards and gambling, as are many space travelers. It's a good way to pass the time and to get to know a new crew member. You can tell a lot about a person by playing cards with them. What are the stakes? Sacks or chores. <laughs> what? Well, we're not playing for credits out here, so we play for sex or chores. Meaning you can either bet with your chores where the loser has to take your ship chores. And the sex part? Another currency we play with is sexual favor. If you lose, you have to perform a sexual act on the winner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes you uncomfortable, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, sex was kind of frowned upon back on the colony. I mean, I'm game. I'm just not used to all this. Yeah, the colony. Sounds like an uptight place to live. Luckily, you're on crew with me now. I can teach you some new tricks. <laughs> I bet you'd love that. But a poker game is coming up, so... Um, isn't there some sort of electrical problem you were dealing with? Right, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, there's an electrical problem, but... Well, it's got me stumped, to be honest. Don't tell anybody else, right? But I've crewed on this ship a bunch of times. I know it well. For the life of me, I can't figure out where the problem is. Well, what have you found? Well, that's the thing. I can't find anything wrong. The computer's telling me that there's an electrical interference happening. But when I run my system checks, there's nothing that registers showing any kind of problems. And you've diagnosed all of the systems, not just electrical? Yes. Believe me, I know every inch of the inside guts of this thing. What if the problem isn't from the inside of the ship? Well, that makes no sense. I mean, if the problem was from the outside, then that could be... Oh, shite. I've got to check something. Hey, Cerebella, how you doing? Good. How's it going, Jonas? Oh, well, thanks. I'm just getting my exercise routine down. I hope there are no hard feelings about what happened at the outpost. No. None at all. I'm learning pretty quickly that things won't necessarily go my way, and I have to live with that. The rules are different out here. It seems to me that the rules are what we make them. Something like that. Do you have a lot of experience out here in space? I've done a fair amount of short missions, not nearly as much as Gilbin or Captain Rex. This is my first long-term deep space run. This is my first time in space ever. That's right. You're from the colony, too. I can't imagine what that place is like. <sighs> you, you don't want to. Earth is in pretty bad shape. Can you go on the surface? No. The radiation levels are way too high. I used to visit the surface to take readings, but I was in a radiation suit. The entire population of the planet lives underground, as far as I know. 
That's intense. There are a lot of other problems in the colony, too. A corrupt government runs it, or well, tries to. The infrastructure has fallen apart. People are starving and sick. And then the virus is back now, too. Are you talking about the one I read about in school? If it's the one that changed the face of the planet, then yes, that's the one. Wow. There were some major addiction problems with the populace on top of all that, and no fancy shots or pills like on the station. No addiction treatment? No, no, none. I'm amazed that it's not really a problem on the station. It was devastating to the people back in the colony. I'm sorry things sucked on Earth, but I'm not sorry I grew up on the station. Thanks. All things considered, I'd rather be born in the station too. Hey, you look a little pale. Are you feeling okay? Yes, I'm fine. You're sweating a lot too. Uh... Thanks for noticing. I'm sorry. I tend to be direct. I just want to make sure that's normal. I'm used to- Hey, maybe the normal that you're used to is the same for people who grew up in space. Dr. Lumen, how nice of you to join me. It seems I didn't have much choice. The captain was very specific about me having to put in my fair share of time for chores. So why am I assisting you? Because I'm in charge of the ship's plant habitat, and one of your numerous degrees is in botany. That was more of a hobby, an elective degree for me. My only real interest in it is how it relates to colonizing Titan. And now you get to exercise those skills here for the ship. Think of it this way. It'll be good practice until we reach Titan. If you say so. Why have a plant habitat at all when we have food synthesizers? Well, for one... If we lose power, the synthesizers are no good, are they? With our garden, we can grow what we need and store it for later. Seems easier to push a button. It is, but a synthesizer can't produce this carrot with the same depth of flavor. Nothing like good old-fashioned organic plant growth. I guess that's true if that sort of thing matters to you. When we're having fresh salads, you'll thank me. The synthetic version isn't even close. While this is an enormous waste of my talent and time, I have no choice, so let's get it over with. Where do you want me to start? With harvesting and cleaning the lettuce and radishes over there. I'm one of the leading minds on the station for terraforming, and here I am, cleaning radishes. Humility is a virtuous quality, Dr. Newman. You might consider looking inward. No offense, but I'm not here for a lesson in philosophy, Mr. Judge. Please, call me Gideon. No lesson here, Dr. Lemon. Just some friendly advice. We'll be working together for a while. It might be a good idea to get along with the crew. I'm not here because I want people to like me. I'm here because I bring with me the most important mission of this little expedition. Something truly worth the time and effort of a mind like my own. That is all I care about. Oh? I didn't realize your Titan mission was so monumental. It's been done before, you know. No, it's been attempted before, but with no success until now, that is. We haven't arrived anywhere near Saturn yet, and already it's a success? It's going to be successful because I'm the one running the Titan mission. It's mine. I'm not some wannabe flunky. I have the equipment and the math to make this work. You seem pretty sure of yourself. I hope your hubris doesn't prove otherwise to your success. Don't misunderstand confidence for pride. I'm confident because I know the science of it. I also have the support of the five. 
Do you now? I do. And you'll see what that means when we get back to the station. I expect I'll be moving up the ranks, working for the five quickly once I return with my results. My point was that when we are working together, it might help to motivate people if you get along with them. Why should I have to concern myself with being popular? Everyone has to work on each other's missions anyway. It's not so much about popularity, but more so about people having a positive attitude when working for you. Same question applies. Okay, then. Good luck with that. When you're done with the radishes, you can start peeling those potatoes. Nice of you to join us, Captain Aldridge. <sighs> oh, oh, sorry. I was in the gym, I had to change, then I got lost, I ended up on the wrong deck. Okay, you're gonna need to work on that. Okay, will do, Captain. What's the plan? For, for what? For what's next? We're just sitting here while Gilbin works on our electrical system. We can keep using the same old-school nav techniques, but I need to know where we're going. I would assume contract-wise, we're just going in order on which planet we reach first, which would make Gilbin's expedition on Mars next. Wait a second, though. My thought was we should go with Anko next. His bears more importance to the purpose of the main mission. Okay, but that means we'd have to go all the way out to Saturn and work our way back. Yes, and then we can go straight from Titan to Europa. We'd be able to check both moons for habitation right away. The agreement is for all the contracts to be fulfilled before ours. Remember, those were the terms everyone agreed to. Sure, but but doesn't make it but doesn't make sense to slow our progress in finding a new home for the human race versus Finding some artifact? We'd be breaking our own contract rules. What kind of an example are we setting? No one will trust us. The sooner we find out if those moons can sustain life, the sooner both Earth and the station can make preparations for colonizing. It's going to take some time to prepare for a mass evacuation of Earth. And since it's going to take time anyway, we might as well just do things in the proper order. The Mars expedition could take weeks or months. The people on Earth need every second we can give them. You said Earth had at least another ten years before it was too late. I said five to ten years, and I don't know for sure. Mars is on the way. I say we stick to the plan as it is. You're gambling with people's lives, Nova. Humanity's lifespan, really. That's bigger than us. We need to focus on what's right here. Captain Rex, it looks like we've reached another impasse. Yes, you have. In accordance to the contract structure, we will proceed in the order as Captain Bayflower has dictated. Am I the only person on this ship who has any sympathy for the human race? I couldn't give a shit less about the colony. This is all business to me. Once we're done, I'm out. I'm out of all of it. The station, too. Nova, don't you remember our friend Gerald? What about him? Oh, come on. Gerald is hundreds of thousands of miles away, Jonas. He's on his own, and so are we. Captain Rex, are you there? Yeah, Gilbin, what's up? I found a problem with the scopes. It's not the electrical system. It... The lights. We lost power. Gilbin! Gilbin? This episode of Void featured the voice talents of Lynn Chia as Cerebella Rion. Ella Demby as Astrid, Karen Johnston as Ursula Nash, Frank Chucknowitz as the narrator, Sean McKnight as Jonas Aldridge, Jenny Miller as Nova Bayflower, Simon Uluhojin as Anko Lumen, 
Eric Martin Reed as Gilbin Tricky, Amy Teresa as Regina Rex, and Guy Wellman as Gideon Judge. The Void theme song, Equilibrium in Turbulence, was composed and produced by David Parsons from Avid Wolf Music. If you'd like to learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at void-podcast.com. <laughs>